Welcome to the Inward Journey Home Podcast. I'm Danika, your host, and I created a space dedicated to all conversations, real, raw, and vulnerable. A space where we take a look at all the ways that we are in the way of our own happiness and joy, and even more exciting, all the ways in which we can remove these things. Join me in a journey focused on leaving the perfectionist aside and meeting that which is already within us. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. This is now episode four, which I'm still in shock of. It's officially our one month anniversary, if you will, for our Tuesday at 9 a.m. release episodes. So in the last week's episode, we, we really took a dive deep into how I came to realize that I was a codependent while living in another country and really the steps that allowed me to change the course of my life. Do I still have symptoms of codependency today? You best believe I do. And so today's episode is really all about this feeling or this question that I got and I'm going to feed it back to you which was how did I go about remeeting myself what were the steps what were the practices what did I do basically to get to know myself again given that I had come to realize that I was a codependent and I was you know, seeking others to feel a sense of validation within myself. I was seeking an other's love, which I was feeling unable to give myself. And worse, I was blaming others for my inabilities, if you will. And even more, you know, devastating, I was working my shit out on other people. And this was really hindering my relationships. So interesting how what feels like one thing um can cause this domino effect of patterns. And so in today's episode, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to share what led me to Australia and some of the things that happened while I was in Australia. And two, I really want to talk about how I had been basically running away which is the first thing I'm going to be talking about and once I stopped running I allowed myself to take some practices into my life that had me running but in a different direction so let me continue here so before moving to Australia I think this is really important I had I had made that intuitive decision, that spontaneity decision after meeting Andy and after just feeling like, you know, move to Australia was my next step. But what I didn't disclose, because I myself didn't know I had done this, was while it was a very important move and an important pivot in my life, I was also running. I was running from the life that I had in America, I was running from from my relationship with my parents. I was running from the fact that my last relationship ended horribly bad and I had still this immense amount of guilt. So 
you know, when I was in Australia and I noticed, holy moly, I'm in a new setting. I'm with new people, yet I'm still doing the same things. I'm still having the same sort of arguments. I'm still finding myself breaking the same sort of rules, if you will. Then it hit me how it's not really the people around us that cause us to behave a certain way. It is, simply put, us sometimes and that was a really hard pill to swallow and so when I'm in Australia I I don't really consider this move as a run but rather my next step in my journey and you know I'm now in Australia I've now realized I'm a codependent and I started my practice of yoga and then as I was over there I had made a commitment that I was going to travel so I did it. I, I booked a couple of flights somewhere with my partner, somewhere independently. And my first trip, my first solo trip was to New Zealand. And initially, I thought that I was going to go with my roommates. However, the plans didn't work out, so I had to go on my own. And so... I'm planning this trip and I I remember like sitting on the floor. I always find myself sitting on the floor and I was kind of going over the finances of how I would do it and one thing led to another and I'm now in New Zealand traveling through this country alone and it was the first time I think I had ever done something by myself for myself. Like really, I moved to Australia with friends. I had Andy while I was there and So New Zealand and that trip was pretty um, empowering for me. It was this feeling that I could stand on my own two feet. And I think I remember saying it to myself then. It was the first time where I started to trust people again. And I thought, you know, how fitting is it that I've gone to another country and the country that first country I decided to travel to was New Zealand and I feel really grateful for that because New Zealand is a very I mean from when I was there it was a really kind country it was beautiful and I mean I can say it's so kind enough that I did my first hitchhiking experience over there I remember in an effort to save money, I thought, I'll hitchhike. It's a thing in New Zealand. So there I am hitchhiking my way through New Zealand. And every single time I felt this boiling fear in my chest, my hands would get sweaty and someone would pull over and they'd say, you want a ride? And I'd say, well, well, yeah. And I'd get in the car and I kept praying and I kept saying, Danica, like, you're going to be okay. And I'm having these conversations with all of these amazing people. I get off. I go into the next car. I have the same fear. I talk to them. I get off. I go into the next car. I have the same fear. So I think it was in New Zealand when I first started to have my dance with fear. And I started to realize, like, number one, I can trust people. Not all people, right? But I can trust again. I had gone so long with feeling like I couldn't trust people. And so that experience in New Zealand allowed me to rebuild this sense of trust with humanity, with myself, that I knew what car to get into. I was in the right place. I was supported. I was guided. I was held. 
And so I go through my time in New Zealand and I even went for the extra fear thriller and I went um, bungee jumping for the first time and the only time I think I'll ever do it. It was quite terrifying and I don't know if I jumped or if I fell over, but luckily I made it. <laughs> um, I think you could actually find my video on YouTube. I'll, I'll have to share it again. And so to the point, I finished my travels in, in New Zealand and I go back to Australia and I resume my yoga routine, I resume my life there and it's like I gained a piece of myself when I was in Australia and that piece was that I could dance with fear and I could trust people again. And so then I find myself in Thailand and I'm now teaching English in Thailand a couple months later and Thailand for me was very confronting in that I was in a country and I was teaching English and it was for the first time that I realized that my way isn't the only way the American way isn't the only way and it taught me how to be humble. It taught me how to, you know, follow cultural norms. It taught me how to be kind and respectful to others. But if I really showcase this inward journey while I'm in Thailand, it was really this time where a lot of things slowed down for me. I wasn't in a hurry to get ahead in life. I was really taught how to slow down and value meals with the family. I was taught how to slow down and contribute, you know, through household chores. And in other, in other ways, I, again, was still kind of traveling and seeing the world while in Thailand. And so, you know, I had a lot of these experiences traveling, you know, later, I think, a couple months later, I went to Italy and I was staying on people's couches. But let me kind of just fast forward to the point that I really need to showcase here. I, I ended up going, you know, I, I finished my time in Australia and I ended up going back to the valley. I moved back to Calexico, El Centro. For anyone who, who knows what I'm talking about, I'm, I moved home. And I loved my practice of yoga so much that I enlisted myself into a yoga teacher training. And this was a very confronting process. This is how I met myself further. Every time I showed up onto the mat, it was this experience of fighting myself and then surrendering and fighting and surrendering, fighting and surrendering. And... We would have these sessions where we would have to kind of talk um, in between the yoga practice and kind of reflect. And I remember, you know, I, I asked the question, I said, I asked it to my, my instructor, I said something along the lines of like, I don't like myself, like, how do, how do I get past that? Like, how does my practice help me get past that? I don't like myself and... Um, I don't really believe in the word God. Like I only believe in universe. I don't I don't really like it when you say God. Like how do I get past that? And my instructor gave me the most bizarre response, but the most fitting. He said, 
you need mauna. And I said, what's mauna? M-A-U-N-A. And he said, you need mauna. And then he said, silence. And I thought, no, how could you be telling me I need silence? Like, are you trying to silence me? Is that really what's happening right now? And he said, no, you need mauna. And I said, okay. And so he invited me through our yoga teacher training for this experience where I would basically stay at the yoga studio and I would not talk to anyone. I would not look at anybody in the eyes and we wouldn't communicate. We wouldn't non-verbally communicate. And this experience was a small dose of what I later experienced, but it gave me this opportunity to reduce the noise, reduce the noise that I was consuming and reduce the noise that I was producing. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Reducing the noise as far as a consumption, I mean social media, I mean the news, I mean the internet, I mean what your neighbor says, I mean what your grandma, mom, anyone says. Just the reduction of what your mind is consuming. And the production by default slows down meaning the thoughts, meaning the emotions, and everything that just feels like this reactionary pattern. And so how does this then help me with the question, right? How do I love myself? How do I come to terms with the word God? And so what he was basically telling me was stay put. Stay put and stay quiet. And by staying put and staying quiet, I was able to find this inner soothing. I was able to find myself, speak to myself in a way that wasn't so aggressive, that wasn't so afraid, and wasn't feeling like they were falling behind. I could hear my thoughts, they were slowing down. You know, sometimes they would get really loud and aggressive and then they would slow down and Well, then how does this help you, right? Well, the reality is that just one night of doing that, I woke up the next day lighter. I had to stay in the yoga studio. I woke up the next day lighter. I didn't have access to my phone first thing in the morning. I had access to myself. I prioritized me in the morning, not what others needed of me, not what I needed to get of others. Which then leads me to these, this question that I originally started this episode with was, how can I re-meet myself? And if I wasn't quite direct now, I'll, I'll kind of come out with it now. How do we re-meet ourselves? I think that we need to stop looking for ourselves outside of ourselves. When I was traveling, guys... I was looking for myself. I was going from country to country to country to country to country to country looking for me. My yoga teacher even said to me, you need to stop traveling, girl. What are you, what are you traveling for? What are you looking for, he said to me. I was looking for me. 
And I needed that distance. I needed that opportunity to rebuild my identity. And for that, I will always be grateful for those moments that I left. Those are important moments. I couldn't grow under my household because my family had created an image of me. And that was so hard to shake off. And I know you know the feeling of when you go home to the holidays and you've been doing so good. And then as soon as you get there, they say this thing and then you know how you react. So how do we re-meet ourselves? We slow down. We reduce the amount we take in. And by default, we we reduce the amount we feel we need to give. So here are some of the ways that I help myself meet myself even today when I'm on my best highest version of a self-care self-love grounded routine this is what it looks like and it's not always like this and I don't expect perfection so in the morning I don't look at my phone I don't I sometimes to avoid the temptation to look at my phone I leave my phone on airplane mode. Unless there's an emergency that I feel, then I won't. I won't put it on airplane mode. So by me waking up and not seeing my phone with all of these notifications, then I'm able to get up as I please. Then I go onto an app called Insight Timer and I do a short little meditation. That's my mauna practice. That's my way of starting quiet starting intentionally focused on something an intention I set it and then if I feel like I need to experience an emotion that I know is there for me I go into a practice called the micro method and I actually recorded this method in a two-part guide which you can find in the show notes of this podcast I'll I'll share the link and so the micro method is really wonderful guys because when we meet our fear like I met the fear when I got into the car it gets less scary remember I said the first time I was sweating I was you start to dance with fear and that's when change actually starts to become a physical, you know, tangible thing you can see in your life. When you start to dance with fear, you start to do the things that you thought you couldn't do. Or even better, the things that scared you before don't scare you as much. And so I'll do the micro method and that's a short practice. And then that's how I like to start my mornings to really create this mauna space, this space of me, of meeting myself. And then I go about my day and one thing that I will say and it's said a lot is the practice of drinking water. That is serious. It is actually a real important thing. I notice that when I drink water, I'm so much more centered and I'm so much more relaxed and my codependency tendencies are less heightened so all of these practices are going to help with the codependency as well now towards the end of the day especially if I've had a really long day um, I do like to do a quick you know 30 minute workout I use tone it up and that's another app 
um, there's memberships, so that's something, or you could do a YouTube video, and then if I don't feel like moving my body like that, then I will just do some stretches on the floor, where I just stretch my back, my hips, and really just like let my body release a little bit of the tension, and as I do that, it becomes like a little bit of a meditation, a way to unwind, and Something that I think is so important and I will urge you to start today is to get a journal. Get a journal. Journals are probably the closest thing to getting a coach. (laughs) Coaches serve a lot and I'll talk more about what a coach does for us. But just for now, get a journal. And I invite you every single day for the next seven days, and I challenge you to go past the seven, to answer the following question. Very subtle, but you're going to notice how powerful it is to get everything off of your head, out of your head, onto a paper, and read it to yourself as you're writing it. And the question is simple. How did my day go today? How did my day go today? And start with a three-minute timer. And you allow yourself to write. And if you don't know how to start, you write, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. And before you know it, you'll be writing. And one of the things that I think is so important for us, you know, for most people who kind of have this sense of anxiety this layer of anxiety this layer of overwhelm and stress is that we try to fix the actual outcome of not taking care of ourselves instead of addressing the root i hope that makes sense i'll say that again we try to address the outcome rather than addressing the root and when we do that we'll we make it harder for ourselves so really it's all about prioritizing yourself and I know as as a recovering codependent that's really difficult sometimes because we find our value and our validation and our sense of self-worth in our tasks in our people but what if we flip the script just for the next seven days And we started the day with ourselves and we ended the day with ourselves. And in the middle, we tended to other people. So while this episode was different, I really wanted to provide you with more of a tangible practice, if you will, to really start to meet yourself. Meet yourself in the silence. Meet yourself in the subtle movements. Meet yourself as you drink your water. And meet yourself as you reflect before you go to bed. Meet yourself. It's, it's not this like woohoo big spiritual experience. Well, it can be. That's how I started. And if I can afford you any time, it's to start small. Because those small movements create massive shifts for you. So again... I hope today's episode allows you to walk away with a fun new morning and evening routine.
And as always, if you feel like someone could benefit from hearing the real truth that you are your only and top priority, not only, right, but definitely your top priority, then I invite you to share this week's episode on your social media accounts, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, and as always, share the link in an email because emails are still cool. And again, if you really want to get your hands on that micro method, I have attached the link on our show notes and I really do hope that you give it a go. So as always, thank you. I love you and I see you and I'm with you. I'll see you next week. Bye.